Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time AFL podcast, round 8. 2020, we're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain, and look, we we try to keep things light and fun here on the Junk Time Alpha podcast, but something happened this week which was actually mm. a bit disturbing. Um, Adam Rosemarks, you are here with me now. It's yeah, yeah. It's not usually that we, you know, we like to we look at the lighter side of footy, but sometimes yeah, we have um, fun with it. Yeah, yeah, we do. We try our best, mate. We footy's a very serious game, and for us. We think it's good to just have a laugh and not take ourselves too seriously. Because after all, Michael, it is just a game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But sometimes when your everything you've built up, your empire, your intellectual property is stolen, let's fucking say for what it is, is stolen, then I think that we as, a, as an entity, as a junk time entity, have every right to arc up and stand our ground for what we believe in yeah to speak out you know when people are exactly. stealing stealing mm. the thing stealing our act okay yeah basically <laughs> yeah. basically and uh so it was very disturbing this week when mm. on afl 360 mark a Robinson, show that we you know respected and res- and they respect us as much as we respect them for sure that's what i love it's a two-way street yeah because it's footy from all angles i don't know if you know that Oh, it's 360 degrees. There is no angle, not one angle that hasn't been covered by AFL 3. It's not AFL 356 where they almost go there. They go right round. So it's on Tuesday night, if I remember correctly, that mm. Mark Robinson dropped the C-bomb. Yeah. And, I mean, I was drinking a Chardonnay at the time and I spat oh, it out. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> I, I, I imagine how it would have played out in your house. It would have been just ruined foie gras as you <laughs> flung it to the ground. And rightly so. You were right to be angry. I was watching it down in Wayne Jackson Studios. I was filthy as well. And we rang each other straight away and we're like, what do we do? Do we get the lawyers? And to to paint a picture of what happened, he was talking about Leon Cameron. This is Mark Robinson, the filthy thief. And he said, a lot of people, they they talk about Leon Cameron and and they they say say he's a cunt. And uh, and (laughs) you can't say that sort of thing about And you're like, did he just use... I mean, he didn't say low dog. No, but no. fuck, he was close. So you could see it was in his head before he dropped the C bomb. I mean, and for it's sure. Just, if, it's I mean, disgusting behaviour. If he did use the words Gatorade Bukaki, then we'd absolutely take him to the Supreme Court straight away. Oh, there's no doubt about that. But we, that's and we've spoken to our lawyers now during the week. Um, we met at a uh, border town. We won't say where because you know I'm in lockdown and Michael's not up at uh, Rod Carter Studios. Mm-hmm. But we had mediation in a TAB with Robbo. <laughs> And we couldn't solve it, so we are. It is going, you know, it is with our lawyers, so we can't say too much about it at the moment. I found weird that Robbo wanted to meet us at three a.m. in the morning. I found that weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we said, mate, we are going to take you for everything you've got. Now it turns out, once we got our lawyers to go through that, not a lot. 
<laughs> not a lot. Kind of uh, about three suits that really need a fucking dry clean. So to break it down, what he said was basically uh, he's like doing the kind of robo kind of act, like well, but they say he's a cunt. He can't yeah. coach. So do you yes. get the feeling that he went to say he can't coach and got a bit mixed up, like tried to put one thing before the other? I I do believe that is what happened. Yeah. Because, you know. You you would hope that a man who's been doing a show for ten years doesn't have doesn't have to um, second guess himself when he's talking about a coach and what he's heard people call him that he has to go hang on don't don't say don't say can't don't say Robert don't say it yeah and then sure. he just lets it fly and he goes ah oh, fuck I let it go and then also the idea of Jared like I think Jared would melt if he actually heard the, the c word said out loud I think he'd be just yeah, like Mister Robinson I do believe I'm getting <laughs> the vapors. <laughs> But then, it, it, know, to, to his credit, he did apologise at the end of the show and said, "Look, well, sorry, sorry, kids, I, I, I dropped the C bomb no, on no, he national said, TV." He said, "Sorry, cunts. I mean, kids. <laughs> I apologise." But I mean, social media lit up when it happened. It was one of the best things that's happened. And you know what? Right, I actually think um, don't let the kids watch three sixty, but let Robbo go to town. Oh, okay. So like a press red for Robbo. Press, yeah, fuck, I would switch on to that. How good would that be? <laughs> if they've got their, you know how they've got their hero of the week, then you've got your fucking, lo- your fucking villain asshole cockhead of the week. Yeah, sure, I'm watching sure, that. Because sure. people are leaving Foxtel in droves. You want to bring them back, then that's the way to do it. Give the people what they want. Basically, what they want is junk time live on uh, Fox footy. I mean, fuck, man, yeah, press rev to junk time. Like, we could actually tear that shit up. Like, we would, I mean... He's a great man, and he's done a great deal of good work over the many decades. But we could mm. put a lot more money into ripping Murdoch's pocket, and that's that's what people want. Yeah, that is very true. You you give me one example where Rupert Murdoch <laughs> exactly you can't you can't. Now Robbo had to uh, offer an apology after his uh, little mistake there, and we here at Junk Time we are not too proud to offer our own apologies when we fuck up, and we made a monumental blue Dude. great transition. Did we make a bluey last week, Michael? So we got hit up uh, last week because we talked about Bluey, the animated dog series on the ABC, defund the ABC. Yes. Uh, yeah. on <laughs> <laughs> uh, we talked about Bluey being a boy, okay? Yeah. And so we got a message here from Daniel saying my yep. niece would be incredibly upset if I didn't point out that Bluey is a bloody girl. It's 2020. Cartoon dogs can be girls too. That's uh, true. From Jim, Bluey is a girl. Um Bluey's mum works at the airport as a sniffer dog. There you go. That explains why Bluey's always fucking rolling in. She's <laughs> she's got the good razor scooter. She's and not got the Kmart got version. Paul, g'day lads. Information without notice. Um, Bluey is a girl. Now, now, uh, obviously, like I'm my nephew and nieces are a bit too old for Bluey now, so yep, it's not really yep. part of my purview. And the kids that I see in the park are never watching Bluey. They're uh, furiously calling the police. So I never, I didn't know that uh, Bluey was a girl either. But I do like the idea that we mm. we created the fictional scenario where Bluey, <laughs> a very special episode of Bluey, <laughs> for the finale. Like if one yeah. day, they, I mean, it's it's not a very old show, but if they want to do a finale one day. We we pretty much teed it up for them, and yeah. the finale that Bluey smuggles drugs into mm. Saudi Arabia and yeah. is executed via beheading. 
And now... No, then we, 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 we changed that to being um, executed by being backed over by Ute, remember? Okay, gotcha. Well, I mean, now, now that I feel that Blue is a girl, like... No, 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 no. We no, no sexism right. on this show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, especially in Saudi Arabia. Um, but, but then also, look at this. Today. Okay, so Bluey's mum works at the airport as a sniffer yeah. dog. So okay, yeah, exactly. This is my scenario for the finale. Okay, new mm. new scenario. Okay. okay. Bluey's mum gets in a little too deep with the ponies, right? Okay. And so okay. she needs a quick cash fix because the loan sharks are coming after her. Fair so enough. she says to Bluey, hey, they're going to take all four of her kneecaps. <laughs> yeah, and they say, Bluey, hey, uh, there's some money on the offer. Can you import mm. the drugs into Saudi Arabia? And so, what a powerful See, I'd, moment! I prefer to keep. I prefer to keep it local. Let's make it a Balinese cartel. Okay, gotcha. Now yeah. we are. We're probably getting a little bit too close to uh, a story from a long time ago because they are a very litigious family. <laughs> and so. <we> <laughs> <laughs> But imagine the emotion when Bluey is going through the gates at the airport. And, okay, and, and just, just, just let me pull you up there. You, you may say they're litigious, but we can easily win them over with a King Tut's putt-putt voucher. And I know that you <laughs> might sue them for everything at want, but that certain family that you are talking about, they can be bought, and I know that for a fact. Another company, 18 holes. Another, yeah, 18 another, holes. Another group we're going to mediate with at 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> so imagine the emotion, though, when Bluey, mm. okay, heading into customs and the mum's yep. there and she does the sniff and says mm. no all clear even though mm. she knows because she got oh, too yeah. too deep in with ponies yeah. um that bluey is you know got a got a got a mission yeah and then maybe bluey's mum she knows sniffer dogs at the other end uh-huh and she can organize you know just let her go go through yeah yeah she wanders yeah. on through and then unfortunately bluey gets caught and then unfortunately yep. Yeah, Bluey. and then Bluey Bluey takes up artwork while in prison, <laughs> and then is taken to another island where she's um, let go on a beautiful farm and let to run around. Oh, dude, dude. Anyway, we do apologise. We uh, we had no idea that uh, Bluey was uh, female. That's on us. That's on us. It is on us. Yeah, we should be watching more uh, ABC Kids. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just a quick shout out to all our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for getting on board the Junk Time AFL family. You're part of the family now and uh, keep those subscriptions coming in at uh, patreon.com slash junktimeaflpod. We are going to need that money to pay out a lot of the um, uh, lawsuits that are going to be brought our way. So just keep those coming in and uh, we do appreciate it. And don't forget, of course, the Junk Time merch available at junktime.bigcartel.com. Get yourself a stubby holder. Or else, if you love a little book, get yourself a copy of Paris and Other Disappointments available on Audible, or uh, you can buy them wherever you get your books. Yeah, for sure, the book and the audio book too. I love an audio book. I actually really do like an audio book. Where, where are you listening to an audio book? Because you, you're not a walker. But No, I am, but like when I'm wandering around to the shops and stuff like that, like you're kind okay. of, I, I really enjoy popping in the audio book. All right, mate. All right. Don't just fucking brag because you're in Sydney that you're allowed to walk around to shops. <laughs> Willy-nilly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Adam, uh, I give you the floor to hang shit on Hawthorne for about 10, 15 minutes. Thank you, Michael. Where would you start with, who would you get rid of first? Like, do you, do you just get rid, do you cut the head off? Like, is it, do you get rid of Clarko? Is it Kennett that you get rid of? Um, do you move, can you get someone good for Tom Mitchell? Like, is it time to move on Warple? I mean, he's had his chance. He's only got one BNF in three years. That's pretty low. Where do you start? I think the boot stutter is the problem. 
It, it is a bit of an issue. I did see a lot of people slipping on Saturday, and so that uh, it's a good point. It was a wet game, so I watched it at a pub in Sydney. Uh, humble brag. All right, mate. All right. <laughs> um, so there's actually a pub in uh, Alexandria. Uh, what's it called? The Camilla Camilla Grove Hotel. And they've actually done quite a good job, but they've kind of called them cornered the market of um, uh, non-Sydney clubs in terms of oh, support okay. groups. Yep. Yeah, so yep. I've been to there a few times, and they get about 50, 60 people. Um, okay. And you can watch good. it on a kind of you know medium-sized screen. Um, medium-sized? Not yeah. small, not large. Yeah, it's not big, but it's medium, okay. yeah. Um, so I went there with a friend, and because uh, I couldn't get a ticket because I'm not an interstate member. Yep. So I, I couldn't get in there. Um, but you you are a member, aren't you? I am a member. Yeah, yeah. So and I, they would know that your residential address is now at um, Rod Carter Studios, well, do they not? Or is it still at? No, is no. It still no, no. In Rod the Carter. Eastern, leafy eastern suburbs of Melbourne. Rod Carter. Yeah. So I actually I actually don't really quite know how it works. Yep. Um. Uh, but I emailed the club again this week, so I got to go to the Giants game, I got to go to the Melbourne game, and then the Collingwood yep. game, and this one. I emailed the club both times and said, you know, do I qualify? And they checked, and they said, no, you don't. I said, um, <coughs> um, I'm Michael Chamberlain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they went to the pub to watch it, but there was literally like ten people there, so there was no one there. Like, you know, okay. Fair so enough. all the Hawthorne supporters have fucking given up, have they? Even the Sydney ones. Well, I think by the fact that uh, people kind of go, you know, why do you need to go into a pub to watch it? And um, Yep. Um, but but they've, they've to the credit the pub they've actually kind of yeah cornered the market of those supporter groups and stuff like that you know like, were there many Sydney supporters at that pub I think there was one yeah so like maybe just one nine hawks and like a, a swan but like they were with like two two hawks so yeah oh, okay yeah. right but right. they I mean when I've been there for the Hawthorne ones like they you know they do a, a raffle you know you can win a t-shirt or you know meat tray or whatever yep. you know they get a bit of something going or um, a property portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. What did you make of Clarko's comments post game? So he's deflecting like no one else. He's very good at it. Last week he was worried about um, free kicks and off the ball. No, what did he complain about last week? Uh, he was. Yeah, it was the interpretation, wasn't it? A few weeks ago he was complaining about the interpretation of holding the ball. Yes. Yeah. And so now he came out this week and he said that uh, Papley's a cheat. <laughs> yeah. He said Tom Papley milks free kicks with the best of them. Now. In Papley's defence, I'm not a you know a huge fan until he comes to Carlton next year. He had his back to Chip Frawley and was hip and shouldered in the back and went down as and you know like like a weak dog does. Like you and I would keep our feet in that situation, but he went down. That's hardly Papley's fault, wouldn't you say? No, for sure, for sure. Like when you, you when you're a fan and you see something like that happen on the halftime siren and you go, just don't do that, you know. Like, what do you reckon about the free kick being given where it is in the goal square? Should it go back to the middle? Like, is it too big a penalty to pay? Because if that happens uh, anywhere else, you get a free kick where it happens. I suppose I suppose it makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> you just kind of defend I your just, own argument. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but it is that thing though, because usually the retaliation gets the free kick. So. Um, yep. Uh, well, it kind of did. So Tom Mitchell. Well, no. Was so over uh, well, I mean, the, the Papley and Mitchell were kind of like a bit of a push and a shove. Yeah. But then Frawley came in, knocked over Papley, and then I think a Swans player came in and knocked over Mitchell. I think it was right. And yes, so Callum Sinclair pushed him. Over usually, correctly. there's a um, the second one. It's like you know when your mum comes yeah. in and you're punching your brother, and then your yeah. brother punches you, and you know they get in trouble. Yeah. You know, and you go, "Ha, got away with it." Absolutely. Yeah, and that was last week. <laughs> <laughs> But I just want to, like, it, it, it is all falling apart for Hawthorne. Now, you guys are going to have to give back some of your 1980s 
uh, premierships as well. Oh, yeah, sure. So So a little story's come out this week that Don Scott has said that Hawthorne, paying well and truly outside the salary cap during their glory years of 86, 88, 89 and 91, one of those which should go to Carlton, so we now have 17 flags, go Blues, top of the table. And he said, how's this? They used to pay... Uh, players off the books through their Tasmanian bank accounts, the um, the Cayman Islands of Australia, if you will. Yeah, they ha- had a secret bank account in Tasmania to pay mm. players under the table. Now, I've got a feeling that Hawthorne got in trouble for salary cap back in the 90s because they said, you're cheating. But I don't yep. know what... I think it might have been a fine. I don't think it was like back in the day... I don't think they really knew what the draft was. So yep, they, yep. they, you know, um, would just, you know, fine you 50 grand or something. I feel like we got impacted for that back in the day. Well, I heard today that someone's partner, uh, I won't name names here because we, we're already getting sued enough, but someone's partner worked for the club as a secretary for three days a week and was on 150K. Wait, wait a second. Have you heard that? Yes, absolutely I've heard that. Really? Yeah. And what time period? Uh, that, that time period that Don Scott is talking about from the uh, mid to late 80s into early 90s. That is fucking fascinating. And I can't yeah. wait for us to stop recording so I can <laughs> ask you who that was. So, <laughs> uh, like, I think that was a very common thing back then is that players would get uh, houses sure. bought in partners' names, yeah. cars in people's names. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of that stuff happened off the books. I mean, Carlton's 95 Premiership team, we had a lot of good players in there. Yeah, sure. Um, but, you know, we got done late 90s, early 2000s, that's when we, you know, lost Goddard and Daniel Wells in the draft. Essendon got done for it. Adelaide got done for it in the, what, 2011 when Kurt Tippett went to Sydney? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So so it has happened throughout history. And I guess Hawthorne was kind of, I don't know, escaped it. Maybe it was just one of those open secrets, but he's made it like a really open secret and said, you know, uh, and the one thing Don Scott said is I can name, he hasn't named names, but I could talk about it because the people involved are dead. And I'm saying, murdered. <laughs> there is no nothing surer than they sent uh, several Hawthorne tough men around there and just went, mate, this story could get out. And they went, give me some forges. And they went around <laughs> and took care of the situation, if you know what I mean. That is fairly bleak, though, isn't it? That Don Scott's now coming out and just kind of, you know, because people have passed away. Well, it's not helpful. It's not helpful to the club. They probably, you know, the club's at their lowest ebb for, what, a good 15 years. They don't really need another kick in the guts. And yet he has, he's put, he's put the Hawthorne teeth on the gutter and he is about to... It's American history excellent, hey? <laughs> yeah, he is. I mean, he does make a point, which I find quite interesting by the fact, and, and as a fan, you thought about this back in the day, that when the merger kind of period was happening, that... Mm. That had all the kind of success. They had a you know medium membership, but I think back then like people didn't really think about membership a great deal in terms of no, not know, at all. Yeah, like you, you're kind of a bit unique, I imagine, back in the day, kind of like being a member. Yeah. Um, and what would it have cost? Like you know, like twenty bucks maybe back then. Yeah, you know? if that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe nine nine and fifty. But he does make the point that maybe when he kind of came on the, to the board after the merger period, that they were all a bit surprised. Kind of, why don't we have any money? Yep. Like, we've had, you know, a decade of, you know, success. And they weren't, you know, the biggest drawing crowd in the world. But um, they were kind of like, well, where's the money? And it's like, oh, uh, 
In a brown paper bag. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> but also, too, you look at it. Like, um, if you... I've read uh, extensively on Pablo Escobar, and he funneled almost all of his money through Launceston. <laughs> you just know Tasmania is... Uh, you know, that's why they haven't got a football licence yet, because they're just fucking dirty, mate. It, it's they a are. hotbed, yeah. It, it is. You, you want your money cleaned, you go to Tassie, you fucking come back, you're a rich man, you've paid no taxes. Not Look at people. Mona. How was that set up, hey? Yeah, exactly. Not many people know this, but Wolf of Wall Street was filmed in Tasmania. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Adam, uh, Lee Matthews is pretty unhappy with the game. Oh, he's, mate, he's fucking furious about it. And the, the mm. lucky thing is that here at Junk Time, we have access to one of the greatest footballers of all time. Mm. Lethal Matthews is up in the Rod Carter Studios. Lethal, can I ask you, what is your problem with the game as it stands? No, it's been really good. It's been hanging out with me during the week and all that kind of stuff. It's been great you oh, yeah. know, having a chat about, you know, various salary caps uh, infrictions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lethal said, I'll tell you what, the flat earthers who say leave the game alone and living in a fantasy land, really. The coaches wow. have changed the game more in the last decade than the previous hundred years and will continue to change it. So Big he words. said he's gone to a handful of games at the Gabba, mm-hmm. lucky lethal, and um, and he said the Richmond-Sydney game a few weeks ago, he walked out at halftime because he couldn't handle it anymore. Fucking hell, lethal walking out at halftime. What? Why are you leaving at halftime, though? Like You're a footy sort of analyst, commentator... Where, where, where's he going? Like, what's he doing? It's your fucking job, Lethal. Just stick it out, mate. He's got to go home and um, sell the Divine Homes, mate. He's got to do... The <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that Lethal, Lethal yeah. is running the social media accounts for Divine Homes. <laughs> <laughs> but he reckons... i tell you what, though. Calling people flat earthers, that's unbelievable. He also said that they most of the people who want the game change believe that uh, coronavirus is fake and given to you by 5G. Oh, dude. Can we talk about Bunnings, lady? For a second, please. Oh my God, please. that was amazing. That was hey, amazing. Don't, don't hang shit on my fellow <laughs> Melbourneian. <laughs> that was incredible. It's it's really awesome during this period how how stupid people have been exposed. Now, for those who haven't seen it, this lady walked into Bunnings in where was it? Was it Narry Warren? Or oh, she's from Narry Warren? It was out somewhere out east in Melbourne. And has gone in and cited the 1948 human rights and said, you can't discriminate against me as a woman and I'm not, I don't have to wear a mask. And you're just like, yeah, they're a private company. Like pubs can tell you you got to wear shoes. So I reckon they can tell you you got to wear a mask. I feel like, deal with it. Yeah, I feel like uh, I think she might have said living woman too, which is a handy little tip. Um, Oh, so you can discriminate the dead? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we can't defame the dead, so Don Bradman's the cunt. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but I think 1948, I have a feeling that might have been the, the uh, maybe a charter written up by the United Nations, maybe? Yeah, no, I think you're right. It yeah, came yeah. up out of, yeah. out of the back of World War Two. They felt that they may, maybe needed to put some things in writing. <laughs> Isn't it funny, though, how people uh, are that dumb and yet still manage to kind of quote historical documents? Yeah. Like, it's in the time, like, everybody's all of a sudden become, you know, uh, experts on constitutions <laughs> of, like, yeah. you know, European yeah. countries. Yeah. It's, instead of um, going to The Hague to talk about constitutional law, they go to Bunnings <laughs> and argue it there. And also, oh. that same woman, there's another video that's appeared today. She went to the post office and had the same fucking argument. You know, you know the people who need to get into an argument least are the people at the post office. 
Yeah. Like it's just, it's, they're just like, mate, we fucking sell stamps, you know? It's <laughs> like we put shit in a package, we send it to somewhere else. It's, you're in here for like a minute at the most. Pop a fucking mask on, you idiot. And also there is the term going postal. It's like, it's like <laughs> there's a record of postal yeah, workers, yeah. you know, yeah. shooting places up. And so it's yeah. like, okay, of all the places I'm going to walk into, like I'm mm. happy to walk into a bikey, bikey bar, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not walking into a, a postal Post office Christmas party because I know yeah, yeah. things are going to get rough. I oh, know. I'd walk into the clubhouse at the Finks and go, guys, I'm not wearing a mask, man. <laughs> and you, you fellas, you Mr. Sergeant at Arms cannot make me. <laughs> Hey man, uh, Dennis Pagan, how to win? Oh mate, he deserved it. He's been he's been out in the wilderness for too long. Uh, Johnny, what was it? Johnny, Johnny get angry. Lately? Johnny get angry. Didn't win, but now his little uh, horse. Uh, what's it called? It's got it here. Uh, Frankie Two Angels. Frankie Two Angels. Mm. How's this though? Uh, so that got up. Great, good, good work, Pagan. We always knew you had it in you. Full I mean, credit. Yeah. The moment he walked away from Carlton, you just thought, when, when's the horse industry going to snap him up, you know? <laughs> he's just, he's just, he was wasted in the Carlton box. You could see him just going, give him the whip. And you're like, Dennis, you're not, it's the wrong game, mate. You shouldn't be here. But he called it uh, Frankie Two Angels, right? And I didn't know this in Australian horse racing, yeah. that it only can have 18 characters um, with spaces, the name of it. Because there's a gangster in The Godfather called Frankie Five Angels, which is what he wanted to call it, and he couldn't. So he went Frankie Two Angels. I did not know that either, actually. Like, uh, the I guess it's fair enough, because if you're a race caller, and if you gave people carte blanche to name their own <laughs> horses, you would get some absolutely fucking ridiculous ones. So you've got to go, you know what? Uh, you've got to keep it to 18 characters, and you cannot do it. call it hoof-arted. And that's the end of it. Yeah, for sure. I think they actually have do they do have a uh, system like they run it through where you can't be too blue or you know innuendo yeah. that kind of stuff. Yes, yeah. which is which is fair enough. The thing I noticed though, so congratulations to Pago. He deserves um, it. Uh, his two-year-old mm. um, had a start. The first start they had was at um, the at Mooney Valley in the St Albans Stakes. The St. Albans Stakes, so it truly is the sport of kings. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got a few horses on the go, and I find this interesting, this quote here, when he said, okay, he's looking at the future of Frankie Two Angels, okay? Oh, absolutely. Why I mean, wouldn't you? You would have to look ahead. We're all on board, yeah. yeah. Although, you know, I thought I thought Pago would be looking at it one race at a time. Well, I here's the thing. Well, though, yeah, 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 good point, good point, good point. Because mm. he said, I haven't even sat down and looked at the calendar yet, okay? Good. Yeah, we're kind of taking it one, one win at a time. Yeah, exactly. So I haven't sat down and looked at the calendar yet, okay? Mm. Very next sentence. I was looking at the calendar the other night. <laughs> <laughs> but he says I shouldn't have been doing that. <laughs> anyway, I'll look at it tonight. So wait a second. You haven't looked at it, but then yeah. you looked at it, and now you're yeah. going to look at it tonight. Come on, Pago. Yeah. We don't need this kind of chaos. And he says I just know there's a 1400 meter race at Flemington, and I'd like him, Frankie Two Angels, to get a start in it if he could. Is this horse getting a special, uh, special run at it because of who it knows? Like are the are the you know trainers going, mate? We've got to put it in there. It's fucking Pago's horse. I do not want to cop the spray if Dennis Pagan's horse doesn't get in. Just fucking let it run. So do you think it's getting special privilege? Mate, I'm not saying anything. I don't want to get sued yet again, but I'm just saying all of a sudden a man who 
is renowned for his football now, mm-hmm. as in kick it to the best player in the competition. All of a sudden, he is the master trainer. <laughs> he's come from nowhere. He's got a real estate business that's kind of, you know, he's not like a fucking mogul. Mm. But now, all of a sudden, he steps into horse racing. Second race, he's got himself a fucking winner. Yeah, sure. sure. It's all happened a little bit too quickly, Michael. I mean, I, I don't want you to disparage the integrity of the horse racing industry, <laughs> by the way. Be very careful. Yeah, um, that's a good point. But Pago has these um, other horses, um, uh, Boris the Chicken. <laughs> uh, toilet duck <laughs> And uh, John Elliott's A cunt <laughs> <laughs> Which comes in at 18 characters That's a great horse <laughs> Outraged Adelaide Oval They have dropped the grand final You had There were only going to be three grounds In the country this year Who are going to get the grand final The Gabba Yep you're looking at Adelaide Oval potentially and Perth at uh, Optus Stadium. Yeah. Scratch Adelaide Oval off your list. Just they're fucking gone. They're done. They've cooked it. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah. They've cooked no. it and they've half packed it. And then they've put the lid on it. Yeah. We can't have this kind of stuff happening in football. I mean. So they've been serving up half full boxes of chips. Mm, mm. And they tried to blame COVID. I mean, mm. give me a fucking break. Yeah, so they t- they came out during the week, and mm. this shows how... They had a little press conference about it. <laughs> I know, it shows how fucking slow a news day it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they need a little COVID in their life to kind of keep, th- keep people on their yeah. toes. Yeah. But the dude came out, I-, I don't know if he was the boss of Adelaide Oval, or had some kind of, you know, he obviously had a role there, had to do a press yeah. conference to say that yeah. they were going to pack the chip packets more by the fact that they... They would keep the lid open so you could have the chips overflowing, but due to COVID... In, in normal life, but in COVID, yeah, they had to put the, the lid on. Have to shut the lid, yeah. I mean, you always got to keep the lid on. Uh, oh, yeah. And but not on the chips. The lid can come off the chips, mate. We've always said that. And so they generally held a press conference yeah. saying that they're going to put more chips into the packets. Which well, is this is what happens when you leave Collective Mind in charge of the chips. <laughs> you know it's going to be... I mean, do, why do they keep using this company? <laughs> It's fucking ridiculous. There was a guy dressed in an army uniform behind him shouting about the chips. <laughs> it's fair enough. Do you remember that time at the MCC when they reduced the portions of blue cheese in quince paste? I tell you what, we fucking rioted. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was like what what's happening in Portland right now. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Rich people's lives matter. I got pepper sprayed a million times. Hey, do you find it interesting? Okay, mm. question without notice. When you watch the footage of the, the stuff like Portland and the like, and people yeah. come up and they get pepper sprayed. Mm. It doesn't seem to really hurt them. Like I watched a guy today and he got sprayed right in the face. But he yeah, you see the big on, squirt. He kept on carrying on like normal. And I'm like, what are they? Yeah. What are they using? Have we become um, too used to the pepper spray? Do we need to step it up like pepper spray 2.0? I remember years ago going in for a stand-up gig and there was a guy on a tram kind of being, I could just see him like about 50 metres away. And he was yelling and screaming, you know, probably mm-hmm. a guy, you know, down on his luck. And then went into the gig and then about 10 minutes later, um, a cop came in with another cop. And she was like wailing because she, from what I could gather, that they went to pepper spray him and then it got in her eyes. Oh, okay. Yep. So they went to the bathroom for like 15 minutes to kind of, you know, wash their eyes. Or out. maybe you should just see your set. <laughs> But I thought if that's pepper spray, like I've seen too many times where people have been sprayed in the face and they just kind of go, oh yeah, whatever and move on. Yeah, I'm hearing you. It needs to be strengthened. This is, you know, we've become, um, we've become used to it and yeah. it's just, 
It's pepper spray off a duck's back. It's if, not good enough. If anything, I mean, Trump should get tougher. Law and order, Adam. Law and order. Yeah, that's what people want. Uh, Swanee had a good one this week, man. What's Dane Swan been up to? So there yeah, was he's, been, he's been kind of quiet of late. Well, he kind of pops up every now and then, doesn't he? But just by the fact yeah. that nothing really to kind of promote. I think they kind of go to him for a quote every now and then, like yep. just for a bit of a chat. I mean, I, I guess he can't leave the country, so he's not going to Vegas. There's yeah, not much going point. on. He can't be running the Albion, his pub. Question that notice. AFL oh, Hall. No, two in a row. Back AF- to back. AFL Hall of Famer. When did he get in? Uh, yeah, look, I, I guess because he released the book, they'd probably be holding it off a little bit uh, longer than he possibly might have gotten in. But I'd still another, what, six, seven years off, wouldn't you think? What's they released the book? Well, since he put his book out and actively said, you know, said that he used to take cocaine um, ah, okay, during gotcha. seasons, I reckon the AFL have gone, eh, don't say that. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Just, you were on two strikes, mate, or you are on eight strikes, mate. Just fucking keep it to yourself. Mm, sure. So he came out during the week and said managers aren't really a thing. What? Yeah, I know. Outrageous. Player managers. Yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd See, this is a man. Clearly, Swanee has never, know, ne- never needed to know what the conditions are like at a football ground. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, you need managers for that. You know, there's only one man that you go to those sort of things. Clearly, see... The, the, well, let, let, me. Let, me, let me give you the kicker in a, in a minute, okay? Okay. okay. Right, right. So it's off the back of Jordan Degoe, who has been negotiating with Collingwood with the assistance of his father, okay? So he doesn't have a manager and he is... Dads always do really good contracts, oh. as, uh, as David Cloak... Was a prime example with the Cloak Boys. I know, I know. It, we always find out when parents, um, if the if the tennis industry has taught me anything, <laughs> <laughs> parents should be involved at all times, at every step. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he talks about how that. Player- well, you know what would be great is if you're a player and you go, uh, "Excuse me, my uh, representation is uh, Bernard Tomic and John Dockage. <laughs> so uh, deal with them. Would you would you ever walk into a negotiation with your parents, like either one? Like I I, I reckon. Oh God. I mean, my dad is a legal dude, so I reckon he could kind of you know work a few work a few clauses, I suppose. But I can't imagine too many other family members where I want to go in and you know have them represent me. Uh, no, not not dad. No, he he does really straight. He'd he'd like get me some sort of clause in there that means absolutely nothing yeah for sure my dad would get really confused too like he'd be (laughs) 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 um so if you've read paris and other disappointments you'd be quite aware that i would not want my dad in any negotiations (laughs) that's a very good point yeah yeah um so he says managers are good when the negative shit happens gee filthy mouth don't don't approve of that there's no if that it's in a, it's an article, mate. They are better at handling the crisis or bad news. So what he's trying to say is that you know when things are going fine, they get in their mm. cut, they get what four percent of the contract he says here, and yeah. then they get twenty percent of your deals, your shoe deals or ads or whatever. Um, but he says they're only really helpful when shit goes down. Can I just say though, being a Collingwood player, that would have been. Quite regularly. Well, I'm trying to think of how much trouble Swanee got into. Wasn't there maybe uh, one day where he had a maybe a blue on the street? And a yeah, didn't he get into a, yeah, he got into a punch on maybe at uh, Fed Square with someone and they kind of had to pay that. I think they paid that out in a civil suit perhaps. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. So apart from that, which is a... <laughs> I was going to say a clean skin, but that's a big deal when you got to pay people yeah. out, you know? Yeah. Um, but the kicker here... Uh, mm. When he's saying managers are good, you know, for when negative shit happens, but, you know, blah, 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 they're not much use. He is managed by our friend, 
a Liam Pickering. The great man. Which is amazing. It's amazing. So Pickers wouldn't have even known that um, uh, Swanee had these swords because they probably never spoke. Well, he there's a never quote here from Pickers at the bottom of the article. He said, I never realised I got 4% of the contract and 20% of the deals. Ah, <laughs> uh, Pickers. The gift that keeps on giving. It is. Hey, uh, we're going to wrap it up, Adam. We have no footballers in real life this week. So everyone from this the Goldie, um, yeah. we've got a special the ball. double pass with King Tut's putt-putt if you want to get on board for a, if you yeah. spot a football in real life up there. Um, I'm trying to think. So they're going to be at the Goldie for a bit. Where are they playing now? I'm, I'm confused. They're going to WA. Uh, no, so it's only Collingwood, Geelong, Hawthorne and Carlton at the moment who are in WA and they will head back to Queensland, I do believe. I think I think there might be a hub coming in Cairns. Oh, okay. Yep, sure, sure, sure. But I'm pretty sure everyone is staying north of the border. I don't think they're going back to New South Wales because shit's starting to kick off a little bit there, so it's too dangerous. Yeah, sure. And don't they want to go Dar- Darwin as well? I think Darwin's another one that's on the cards because Tasmania during the week went, now nah, fuck off mainland. We're not having anyone from the eastern seaboard. We'll take your money, but we're not taking your fucking filthy players. You know what? We'll actually, take your dirty money. We won't take your dirty players. It could be a perfect time, actually, right now to um have a hub near the cake ting in uh, New Zealand. What a perfect spot to uh, grow the game. Do you think Wellington would take us? That's the issue. Uh, we could sweeten the deal, you know. <laughs> chuck in, yeah. you know, chuck in, you know, Mike Brady and Basil Zemplis. They can. It's not bad. Uh, we're going to hit the road. We are Junktime Apple Pod at Gmail, on Twitter, on Facebook, and the gram. Here go. Go blue. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.